Would you pray with me? God of compassion, you welcome the wayward and you embrace us all with your mercy. By our baptism, clothe us with garments of your grace and feed us at the table of your love. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. A reading from Luke, the 15th chapter. Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to Jesus. And the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling and saying, This fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So Jesus told them this parable. There was a man who had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that will belong to me. So the father divided his property between them. A few days later, the younger son gathered all he had and traveled to a distant country. And there he squandered his property in dissolute living. When he had spent everything, a severe famine took place throughout that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, who sent him into his fields to feed the pigs. He would gladly have filled himself with the pods that the pigs were eating, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired hands have bread enough and to spare? But here I am dying of hunger. I will get up and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me like one of your hired hands. So he set off and went to his father. But while he was still far off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran and put his arms around him and kissed him. Then the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves, Quickly bring out a robe, the best one, and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet, and get the fatted calf and kill it, and let us eat and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Now his elder son was in the field, and when he came and approached the house, he heard music and dancing. He called one of the slaves and asked what was going on. The slave replied, Your brother has come and your father has killed the fatted calf because he has got him back safe and sound. Then the elder brother became angry and refused to go in. His father came out and began to plead with him. But he answered his father, Listen, for all these years I have been working like a slave for you, and I have never disobeyed your command. Yet you have never given me even a young goat so that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came back, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fatted calf for him. Then the father said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice because this brother of yours was dead and has come back to life. He was lost and has been found.
If you hear a story begin once upon a time, you know what you're going to get. You're in for a fairy tale. Princesses and kingdoms, fairy godmothers and dragons. Likewise, if you see scrolling before your eyes in a galaxy far, far away, you know you're about to watch Star Wars. Jedi's, the Force, and Darth Vader will be entertaining you for the next few hours. Similarly, when Jesus' hearers, steeped in the biblical story, hear the words, a man had two sons, they have a pretty good idea about what they're going to hear. Stories of two sons, an older and a younger brother, are plentiful throughout Scripture. There were the sons of Adam, Cain and his younger brother Abel. Abraham had two sons, Ishmael and his little brother Isaac. Isaac also had sons, twins, Esau and the younger Jacob. Careful listeners will notice a pattern emerging. Cain murders his brother. Ishmael is described as a wild ass of a man. And Esau is willing to sell his birthright for just a bowl of lentil soup. It's not looking good to be an older brother. And I'm not wild about that because I am an older brother. In each story, it's the younger brother that is the focus. It's the younger one that is worthy of admiration and emulation. Abel is righteous. Isaac is faithful. Jacob is clever. This point, the priority of the younger son over the older, is further driven home by two more giants of Hebrew biblical literature, David and Solomon. Both are the youngest sons of their fathers. Biblically astute listeners will know, know when they hear those key words, a man had two sons, to listen in closely to the tale of the younger of the two, because that was the folk where the focus would be. The only catch, parables rarely behave as they should. When you listen expecting one thing, it is sometimes quite the unexpected that meets you. In Luke's Gospel, especially, this is even more the case as he often focuses on Jesus' ability to turn our world and our expectations upside down. The younger brother in today's story isn't particularly wonderful. He's something of a wild ass of a man himself. But if it's not the younger of the two sons we should be focusing our attention on, then who? We're nearly through the whole story before we find ourselves standing with the older brother. His is the story with the point to communicate to us. Picture this scene. Your brother is something of a wild ass of a man. He's asked for his inheritance early. Not exactly a sin, but in poor taste to be sure. He's run off to foreign countries and squandered it all on dissolute living. Just when he's at his lowest, he puts together a conniving plan to return home and try his luck. And his luck is better than he could have imagined. He is welcomed back with open arms, a kiss, a fine robe, and a shiny ring. The fatted calf was killed for him and a party thrown in his honor. He always seems to land on his feet, wild ass of a man that he is. And to add insult to injury, 
Not only have you stayed at home, avoided the parties, worked tirelessly in the fields while he indulged in drunken debauchery, your father couldn't even be bothered to come and get you from the field for the party. How would you feel? Right here, right now, in this moment, an invitation is extended to come inside to the party. You're given an opportunity to see that God's kingdom is not based around how righteous you can be, how faithful your devotion, or how clever your scheming. You're given an opportunity to see that God's kingdom is based solely on how expansive God's love and welcome is for both your brother and you. As an astute listener of this parable, notice that this story doesn't end. Jesus can't supply for you the ending. Only you can by putting yourself inside the story as the older brother. Now, if it's safe to do so, with your eyes closed, put yourself there in the story. That's what Jesus has been doing this whole time with this upside-down story, drawing you into this moment. There you are, in the field, just you and your father. It's growing dark. Off in the distance, you hear the sounds of laughter and joy. The party, thrown in your brother's honor and in your absence, is in full swing. You're tired from the day's work. Dirty. The cool evening breeze ruffles your hair and makes you shiver as it brushes past the sweat of your brow. You're angry. But you're also invited invited with open arms to come in, to change your mind about how the world and God works. What do you do? Do you stay outside, alone, in the cold dark? Or do you come inside to the party, a party that's for your brother, but also now for you, a party full of light and joy? What do you do?